0: Hello everyone, this is Kathak Kachakkar. My name is Pramit and this place is designed to be a central platform to bring conversations with Kathakars across the globe. We'll start recording. Yeah, let's see. Got it. Awesome. So... Today I have with me Neeraj Kumar Solanki. Is, uh, yeah, he is the founder, choreographer, and director of Victim the Kathak Studio, a founding member of the Layom Institute of Kathak, and he's a Kathak Alankar MA. And his gurus are Pandit Rajendra Gangani ji, Boreguru ji, and Rahim Sheikh ji. And his major performances include Parvish festival in 2015 in Pune, and Prayas in 2015 in Akola. Additionally, he also has an M.A. in English Literature and is a B. Tech in Chemical Engineering. Nirjda, how are you?
1: I am doing absolutely fine. How are you, Premier? Uh,
0: thank you. And I, at this point, I want to thank the App Clubhouse, which introduced me to you and the work you've been doing as well, Nirza. So I guess starting off, Nirza, it's uh, sometimes easy to you know start off with the question like, how did you start Kathak? But for you, I wanted to start off with, how did you come back into Kathak?
1: Oh, that, that is a, a very interesting question and something I basically I think is started to become kind of a story I really like to narrate. Uh, so the thing is, uh, if you understand the technical terminology of the Akhil Bharatiya Gandharva Mahavidyalaya, the examination that they take. Uh, so the Madhyama Purna is the fifth examination, which I uh, appeared in 1995. Uh, It's like a prehistoric times, isn't it? Mm. And uh, Kathak Visharat, which is the sixth examination, the uh, Visharat Pratham, I appeared 8 in 2010. So there is a substantial gap of 15 years uh, between the fifth exam and the sixth exam. And there are many reasons actually uh, for this particular thing. Mm. Uh, Basically, uh, for me, till the time I was in my 10th standard or 12th standard, Kathak Mm -hmm. was just something I did. It was a hobby. And I used to basically, uh, you know, perform on my own. And my mm. natural uh, style was Kathak is what, uh, you know, my mom and my my previous gurus like Rahim sir also, he said that, you know, your natural style is Kathak. And I did not know any better, right? I just mm. uh, did whatever was asked and I kept on performing. And then twelfth standard happened. Mm. I got a little serious about my academics. I got a little serious about... Uh, uh, you know, studies and uh, w- whatever I thought that I should pursue in my life, and yeah. uh, then engineering happened. Mm. And after that, after uh, uh, chemical engineering, I uh, like like everyone else, at least in India, we immediately start uh, hunting for jobs. I somehow landed in the IT industry. I am still wondering how did I land up there, mm. uh, but. Uh, For me, for this period of time, Kathak was something which I had left behind. I had really uh, never thought about, uh, you know, making a comeback, uh, so to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I've been very fortunate that I have always been surrounded by people, like apart from my family, of course, I've been always been surrounded by people, my friends, my mentors, and, uh, you know, all these people who kept on kind of reminding me that, you know, your your basic passion, your basic calling in life is uh, Kathak. Uh, Mm -hmm. And therefore, uh, some people kept on asking me like, Oh, you used to be a Kathak dancer. So what happened there? Mm -hmm. Are you no longer pursuing it? And the other side of the story was also because it was a conscious decision. Mm -hmm. uh, Because uh, for me, uh, I when I was growing up as a Kathak dancer, mm-hmm. uh, I have I, I did face a lot of you know bullying in school, mm-hmm. and uh, this was something I did not uh, want to pursue anymore. So I wanted to fit in. I wanted to do something manly, so to say. You know, I mean, and engineering for some reason in my mind was a very manly thing to do. I don't know where did I get that notion. Maybe I'm a product of my generation, and that is how everyone thought at that particular mm-hmm. point of time. So I think it, it was a combination of all of these things. Uh, but I clearly remember uh, when I was in Infosys, uh, mm-hmm. one of my seniors, yeah. she pointed out that, you know, you are definitely caught in a wrong job. No matter how good you are at whatever you're doing in the IT industry, your yeah. passion is something which is going to always, always keep on calling you. Okay. And therefore, like, why don't you just uh, take it up as like a, like a full-time profession or as something which you do full-time? Mm. So here I am after so many years. Mm. So that's uh, my story about my comeback. Mm.
0: Okay. So yeah, a couple of things to chew on. First of all, that I think in your conversation matters. One thing I want to pick up from you is you do a really good job of making eye contact and smiling the whole time. When <laughs> I do it, I do it like this. Because I okay. that's, that's my... So uh-huh. when I do it like this, that means I'm listening and that's my listening face. Uh-huh. I haven't figured okay. out... So just so you know as well. So yeah, I, I guess a couple of things to explore there. So the I, I guess the reason a lot of us go into IT after B is, if you think about it, most of the city jobs are there. Most of the jobs are there, and if you want to get get into core field, it's like super competitive also, which is which is kind of unfortunate that you know you do something, you do a core subject, but you may not get the job in the core subject, or it may not in be in line with your lifestyle. And so coming to that, and yes, I I think what's interesting to explore next is. I think the assumption would be uh, for a lot of people is that if you take a huge break, you have to start from scratch and in a way you do it. And, but what I'm thinking is since you've had those years of training at some, so it's not like you're going to start from scratch again, at some point that muscle memory is going to kick in and you're going to progress faster than someone who's actually starting from scratch. That's what I'm assuming. But so for people who understand, like, if you come back from a break, what it, the feeling is like, Could you tell us a little bit about how, what that process for you was like starting again to like getting, to a certain level of competence
1: uh so uh I, I would say that you know basically uh you are right when you say that you know the muscle memory kicks in and then you are you kind of you know body keeps on telling you okay you are not uh, this is something not new that is happening to you yeah. right but in initially uh i struggled a lot with uh, you know whatever you define as style mm-hmm. so i really really struggled a lot with that because uh when I was uh, learning under Bodhi Guruji of Amravati, the style was very, very different. Uh, in okay. fact, the style of or taking the chakras or doing your tatkar, mm. in tatkar was a, a little different than uh, what I was exposed to when I came uh, in mm-hmm. Pune. And yeah. after experimenting here and there, I eventually uh, was very, very fortunate to witness performance of my uh, Guruji, Guru Pandit Rajinda Ganganiji, Ji. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, That is one thing that left an indelible mark on my psyche. And I decided right there and then that, you know, this is how I want to dance. Hmm. This is how I want to present myself onto the stage. So then I started my journey under him and it was a whole different ball game mm. uh, because i was not used to dancing for hours now so remember i was almost in 12th standard when i left it and yeah. i rejoined uh, after uh, entering into it industry there was a substantial amount of uh, time there and my body also went through a lot of change i was not right. a teenager anymore right mm. and uh, so to to stand in front of guruji for hours together to build up, to rebuild that stamina, to, you know, uh, learn Mm. new things, but also basically to unlearn whatever I had learned previously. Mm -hmm. The basic stance of Kathak that we have, uh, the 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 little nuances that so that all of those came a little later on, okay. but I think the for the first thing was basically uh, the energy part of it. I yeah. just did not know how to use my energy, where to get that energy because I I could see people in the mm. Kathakendra, Kendra they could do their yas for five hours, six hours, seven hours, eight hours, and I was nowhere near that. I was right. absolutely nowhere near that. Okay, so that was one thing that I did not expect,
2: mm. and
1: then over the period of time. Like Guruji always says, he believes completely in hard work. Okay, and uh, <laughs> I guess before that, I was hardly working, and then I understood the meaning <laughs> difference between hardly working and really yeah. working hard. And uh, so that that's how I started. So mm-hmm. first was uh, energy distribution, and then mm. came the style and adapting to that particular style, mm. and then the nuances of uh, you know certain level of competence, like you said. Mm. So it it's a journey, I would say, uh, yeah. and uh, probably come back i would say not that greater thing uh, uh, uh rather i would suggest that probably you should you would want to start a new like uh, forget everything what you have learned before which mm-hmm. is not possible obviously yeah uh, but more or less the same thing i guess okay
0: understood and since you talked <laughs> about progressively building practice and that's something that i'm interested yeah. in because uh-huh. in the last three months i've been kind of doing like say 10 minutes a day and mostly been mm-hmm. consistent with it i feel the next mm-hmm. m- would be 20 minutes a day and then more mm-hmm. and more so i guess uh w- what where i'm where i'm feeling challenged now is like a you know my attention span and getting bored in the middle and things like that just two years into Kathak that way um mm-hmm. and my my teacher then we just told me if you do 30 minutes a day you'll become a different dancer and that mm. quote is very interesting to me so Niraza, I guess for if you had any advice for beginner students or just people struggling with practice, how to keep themselves interested for an hour or like a longer period of time, assuming they're doing it somewhat consistently, what would you say about that?
1: So, so basically uh, I would say that first of all, so when you're doing your basic riyas in front mm-hmm. of your teacher or in front of your gurus, mm-hmm. ba- first i think the most important thing to understand from your teacher is also the techniques first get the technique correct so mm. you know absolutely that your hastakas your uh, chakras and your tatkas and everything is all technically all proper okay now when you when you come to the, uh, the 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 engagement part of it keeping it a little entertaining in all of these things Yeah. so within within the tatkar itself you can you know probably uh, experiment with a lot of uh, mm lot of various patterns that you have. Right. You can keep your, yourself entertained. What basically I also do is, so uh, for example, to my students, I say, okay, so you have been coming to me and you have been learning, you know, these, 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 these things, right? So instead of just doing the today, let's pick up one particular item. So that, that is what we call it, right? one particular piece, whether it is a Tarana or a Thumri or the Talpaksha or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And let's just do it from the start to the end. And okay. let's see whether you can do it a little differently, whether you can take the different patterns of chakras over here, can mm-hmm. there be a different footwork here. So the sky is the limit, actually, if you are basically hmm. trying to uh, experiment with it, right? Okay. So, A, when you know, when you have reached the level where you know that your technique is correct, I think sky is the limit and you can keep yourself entertained. Okay. Okay. Uh, to be on a little jocular side, sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes these uh, very popular numbers also uh, mm. to to very, very young people, like let's say, so uh, when I sit with them, if it, let's say it's a song which has a little offbeat and all mm. of these things. So I try to talk about these things also and then I say that, okay, I, I'm going to play this particular track, right? Your your job is basically to keep rhythm with your, with your feet throughout. Mm. So let's say if it's uh, like a... Uh, not not just popular songs I would say for, uh, classical music also yeah. so we'll just play sitar or tabla uh, track or whatever it is f- yeah. from some obscure tal and we'll, I'll just ask my students so you know do nothing just try to keep tal with it so mm. they are engaged at least their attention is engaged you know uh, yeah. this thing is engaged over there so yeah, pretty much that's how, how
0: i would say this that makes sense uh yeah i think with the songs thing it's been interesting i think I, uh, one thing I, i've been doing this as well like playing to songs what i also realized is if i play to uh, songs like if i'm trying to get to like a specific thing say i'd go in 50 beats per minute like specific mm-hmm. thing that doesn't really okay. help that it just helps keeping my feet moving so what i'm thinking of doing now is getting that uh, f- like solid just that car and like just Lera in first and then using that as a dessert of some sort so yeah that has been interesting and i think that's a good time to segue into since you talked about students uh, i guess first could you tell us about your studio nityam kathak what's going on there uh, one thing i really uh, in your videos i really like that you have a zoom into the feet i think that really helps in addition to like the rest of you because then you can just focus on the feet when you're doing that car stuff but yeah tell us a little about that uh, so nityam the kathak studio is uh... Uh, my institute
1: i started that uh, in 2013 mm-hmm. with the sole intention so so here is the thing from sure. <laughs> i wanted to say so uh basically what happened is because i was busy with my it career and all of these things so there were these uh, you know these competitions uh, where i couldn't participate because i was all uh, almost always above the age limit so oh, uh, yeah. and I, ha- I i had always yearned to you know uh, uh, take part in the competitions and you know mm. just win the accolades first prize second prize or whatever it okay. is uh, and uh, the the second uh, thing was also i wanted to uh, start a place or start an institute where uh, people who basically are really really uh, struggling with two things at one time right so maybe like you know some some people are housewives but they want to continue with their katha journey some mm. people are like me who are you know, working professionals, but they also want to you right. know, learn something and all of these things. Right. So having all of these thoughts in my mind, I thought that, okay, there has to be some place where people A, can be themselves, can feel yeah. comfortable mm-hmm. and uh, can basically experiment with uh, the form that is Kathak, right? Mm-hmm. So th- that was a basic aim with which I started with right. the Kathar studio. Uh, and uh, coming back to the the, the, the second part of it is uh, the footwork part, which you said. So... I have always, as a dancer, I've always felt about myself that my footwork, uh, it's also because of my previous Guruji, Bode Guruji, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the way of teaching was a little, I think would not be, uh, acceptable now in in this day and age right. but um, uh, my teachers were very very strict right mm-hmm. and if let's say in the art goon if my feet were not they did not keep with the pace uh, you know at which the tabla was getting played oh. I used to get seriously reprimanded I okay. mean seriously seriously so I was always under that fear but okay. because of which what has happened is my my tatkar and nikas fortunately are uh, uh, I, I can say very good uh, yeah. so and therefore I started focusing on hmm. uh, my, my, my feed because I think I can do justice to the rhythmic pattern or whatever you want to call right. it. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I do uh, the focus off. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I got this feedback as well because sometimes what happens is when you are doing the parant, And then you are just uh, showing your entire body in the video. Sometimes the Nikas, uh, you know, it gets compromised or, you know, people might not be able to see what exactly the Nikas is. And I've gotten this exact same feedback that, you know, oh, it's very crystal clear what you are actually trying to say. Mm. And then it just suddenly dawned, oh, okay. This is also one of the ways, you know, we are all adapting to the new technology. So I was like, okay, focusing into the feet might probably help people with the Nikas as well. So yes. Okay. So this these are all uh, some, you know, smaller things I keep on uh, doing yeah. uh, at my place, which is Nityam, the Kathak studio. Oh. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much about it.
0: Okay. Yes. And I think <laughs> another person who does the thing really well is Pali ji. If you look at her video, she always has uh-huh. a film in there on the corner. Uh, yeah, that for is. sure. And I guess a couple of questions come from here. Uh, uh, near as I guess this something I always wonder about. Yes. Like, uh, like say my teachers or like my teachers teachers they learned in a very strict environment as a mm-hmm. result of which they got really good but right. you know there, 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 there are things to think about whether it's appropriate and yada 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 mm-hmm. but so would you uh, in your experience do you think like a softer and more compassionate approach will uh, i think it's good but will it uh, will it also produce, produce quality dancers of the same caliber Or what do you think about that? Because that's something I wonder about. Like if people aren't under that fear, can they still get good in Kathak? That's not something I wonder. I feel like they can, but I'm not so sure. But what have you felt about it? That's a really great
1: question, actually. Uh, And uh, I have had like a first hand experience about this particular thing. So what happened is, so i am used to learning uh, under very strict uh, you know yeah. circumstances you know so it's it's very very strict right yeah. uh, and it also depends on you as a student because uh, i i am a student who likes to be in a strict uh, you know yeah. environment who who likes to be told okay okay this is the hastaka this is where you are, yeah. you know, nazar or whatever is going right or wrong or whatever it is but when i started what i realized is my students the the age gap was not too much between me and my students it was hardly right. 6 7 years it's like almost the uh, yeah. same generation and uh, I had this discussion uh, with uh, Swati, Needy, Swati sinha Didi mm. and I am actually learning under her as well. Nice. And the difference I found and she said a very good thing and which I have still followed. I mean, I'm still following in my institute is that mm. I cannot afford to be very strict and very angry with my students. Right, No matter even if they're not doing their homework okay. or whatever it is. I have to have that softer and uh, like a compassionate, compassionate approach, like you said, right? Makes sense. And uh, it really works uh, mm-hmm. because I think uh, the age and the era is really, really changing. Yeah. And you are more like uh, like a mentor on the side rather than being a guru on the stage, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so that that perception is changing a lot. And this this uh, particular thing has helped me not just in my kathak, yeah. but also in my English classes as well. So I dare mm. try to be like more of a, like a mentor, more of a friend Mm. to my students rather than, you know, uh, being like one-sided conversation. These are the rules of grammar and you have to learn all of these things and this is how it is. Mm. So basically I try to reason with them Uh, and it has worked Uh, so far. It has worked uh, for me uh, because you have to cater to the, you know, the winds of the time, right? Isn't it like, and uh, yes, so you have to bring about that change. Uh, Now, one thing I've always uh, wondered about the current generation is also when people talk about Guru Shishya Parampara and then Mm. they start having their own interpretations of Guru Shishya Parampara and all of these things. Uh Always remember Guru is never strict. It is the environment and it is the Shishya. It is your discipline that brings in the strictness. It is your own, uh, uh, you know, astha towards your Guru that mm. brings in that and and also that involuntary respect uh, for your for your gurus it is okay. so deep rooted yeah. you do not uh, respect because you are supposed to respect them you respect because you naturally want to respect them because they command that kind of respect mm. right and okay. and therefore i have always observed that uh, the moment my uh, guruji enters a particular room mm. everyone in the room uh, will will be absolutely silent and if you interact with uh, my my guruji, Pandit Rajendra Ganganiji, he is very mm. friendly with his with his uh, mm. with his students. Yeah. But then he 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 said one thing uh, to me, which I remember to this day. Yeah. He said that you know, when we are standing in front of each other, yeah. like a student and a guru, mm. it's a different dynamics, right? Yeah. But when the class ends and when I am standing with you. Oh, i become your friend hmm. so i think that's a very fine balance that guruji has there okay. so whenever he's he's on this particular side he's like absolutely like a friend to all of us and mm-hmm. he will just crack jokes and be very very candid okay right but when it's it's teaching time when he's so he's the teacher and we are the students so we have to maintain that particular thing so mm. i guess ultimately that fine balance between of course, I do get angry with my students if, let's say, they are not doing any practice. Obviously, I get angry with. Them. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, I, I strive to achieve that fine balance. Um, hmm. That's that's what I would say. Hmm. Makes sense. A of As a matter that... of fact, I, I wanted to ask you, like, uh, hmm? wh- wh- what do you feel? Do you think that you will be comfortable in a like a like a very strict environment, or do you want your teacher or your guru to be a little more compassionate, little more? You know, talk your language.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, basically what I think is like, so I'm an only child and I've grown up fairly independent. And I, and what I've realized is I've picked up Kathak at the perfect time. Like if I had come up in your era, I would have quit. Like if, if I got someone okay. who, like even, even with teachers, like who don't answer, like in general, like I'm a, someone who asks a lot of questions. Like, if mm-hmm. I don't get that, I switch off. Like, then it's like, I can't, it's, I need that. And I've always been that person who asks questions, which is why my whole mm-hmm. thing of like a past podcast. So I think if I had grown up in an earlier generation, I would have not taken up. Maybe I would have gone to a class. If I'd seen that, I would like, no, I would have done that. And that's also because my parents have also let me be free. So they wouldn't have forced me into it. I've been like, I I quit cricket coaching in class eight or something after doing it for four or five years. I was like, this is not it. And the reason I quit is we went from tennis ball to the hard ball. I was like, nah. So it's like, (laughs) I'm very thing about... I've always been thinking about like, I need my own independence kind of thing. So that's why I guess I need a teacher who can kind of hold me in line, but not too much. Because in, in the end of the day, I'm a 29-year-old man. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking about that. And another thing I have noticed is the generation of strict teachers has produced, produced the next generation of compassionate teachers. Because in general, the general feeling I found is like, since their gurus were super strict, that when they do it, they, they also feel like, I don't want to do it the same way. I want to pass on the learnings. But I want to do it in a different way and not the way I was taught, I think. And that happens generationally across not just Kathak, across parents and stuff as well. Like yes. the next generation of parents say, I'm not going to be as strict as my parents. I'm going to let them go out and stuff like that. So uh, I think every generation has their own take on it. So and they yes. do it differently. So that's kind of thing. And yeah, thank you for asking me that. <laughs> and a question I think you're very uniquely situated to ask, which i have never asked before. So say the IT professionals, now, if you mm-hmm. have any students for there, from mm-hmm. what I understand, their, their general workday starts at 9 and 10, goes on till 9 and 10 p.m. and they barely get any sleep and they wake up the next day usually. And they're working weekends as well. So in that, so if you had any IT professional students or things like that, what do you, where do you find for them? Like people who work that kind of insane hours and in schedule, especially I think in the beginning of it, or if they're very career oriented, where do you think is the best time for them to do the Rias amidst all that? Like, what's the best, what do you think best works for them?
1: Uh, Okay. So, so when I was in the IT industry and when I was working with one of the, uh, you know, organizations, so I, I had uh, what you called it uh, like a shift timing, right? So mine was like an afternoon towards the afternoon. Okay. So I used to always utilize my morning times for my ideas and all of these things right now. uh, But if you, unfortunately, if you are uh, stuck in a job, which starts at nine o'clock, like you said, and it it ends at 10 o'clock, I would say that first of all, you should pursue kathak. whenever you feel happy about doing it, whenever you feel like dancing, right? So it, it doesn't, doesn't have to be very regimental that, you know, oh, two hours a day, three hours a day, four hours a day, uh, because it's not possible. It's not practical as well, exactly. right? However, however, when, let's say on a weekend, you have some time when you know absolutely that, okay, I can... Uh, still a uh, uh, half an hour here or uh, one hour there uh, that time i think uh, it is the re- teacher's responsibility also that the student automatically feels like coming to to kathak that kathak becomes priority that okay saturday four to five in the evening i have kept only for kathak and i am not going to give this time to, to anyone and the second thing is also what i try to tell from my experience is that you know the more physical things that I do. So for example, like going to gym or mm-hmm. doing yoga or, or whatever, because for me, sweating sweating out is very important. It, it's very, very important to keep me fresh and to start my week uh, you know, with a new vigor, with new energy as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to uh, say this uh, and I try to say that, you know, weekends, uh, you you do your rigorous riyas, you come to the class, you sweat it out so that uh, from Monday, you will be able to face the world. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I can think of one thing. I was talking to uh, almost a, like a like a five or six years ago. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to one of my uh, peers in Kathak itself, and uh, we just started talking about like you know why are we Kathak dancers to you know in the in the first place? Mm. And I just don't don't know what got into me, and I just said that you know what, I think that uh, whatever I do in Kathak, I get yeah. all the confidence, right? I, I pick up all the confidence from, from doing my Riyas and doing Kathak and everything. And mm. then I use that confidence in front of my, mm. my managers in the IT industry. So it okay. basically, in a way, actually teaches me how to face the world. Mm. And, and the, the, my, my friend's response was like, you know, oh, this is a very artistic take on uh, things. And I was like, I did not know whether this was an artistic take or not. Okay. Uh, but when I when I actually look back at uh, yeah. what, what I had discussed with the, with my friend, Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. uh, People find confidence in various things, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe uh, people watch movies, they go out, they socialize, they Mm -hmm. do this, they do that uh, because we need that confidence to face world. I got that confidence from my RIAs, if I can say that. So I I try to share this experience with my students Mm -hmm. as well that, you know, uh, it gives you that certain amount of confidence because obviously if you are, if you are, let's say, for example, sitting with a complicated like Ari.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And now you know that after having practiced that complicated like Ari, you can very flawlessly execute it. Right. It automatically gives you that confidence, right? Yeah. So I just tell them that you already are a confident person, not just use this confidence in your boardrooms or wherever you want mm. for your presentation or whatever and see the difference. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think um, that is pretty much on point in the sense like uh, that confidence because like it's like how you do one thing. Kind, What, what they say is what, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Which everything. one? Yeah, in the sense like how you show up to one thing if th- that helps you carry out that diligence. Uh, like I would say ever since I, try, I I practice a martial arts called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's more of like a grappling based con- compared to striking based. So that kind of gives me more confidence generally. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not that afraid of people anymore or being in a fight. I hope I never get into it because I will still lose, but I have a certain (laughs) amount of confidence, like about de-escalation and Mm -hmm. like how I would think, or I wouldn't be like totally useless. Or maybe I would people freeze up in their first fight. So we'll see, but I have a general (laughs) level of confidence with that. And even like, I would say, like uh, in general, like I. Uh, but this is more of a cro- crossover to Kathak only. Like I've noticed ever since I've been doing more, yeah. I'm not. I'm less nervous in workshops, and I'm like usually when I used to go to when I was newer and I used to go to like more beginner workshop. I've ble- like I had I was like, what is this? What is that? And I realized like I don't have to figure out everything in the workshop. I just have to go with the flow, ask a question here and there, and then I might not do that piece again, or if I do it again in a year, then I'll revisit it. So that's been fun. Uh. So uh, yes, I guess since you talked about carryover, it would be good to discuss like the English side of you since you are, uh, you're you're an assistant professor at MIT right now. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So are an assistant professor you're doing English literature and you have so many things going on. Could you tell us how the English side of you carries over to the the Kathak side of you?
1: Oh, so that's once again, a very interesting, uh, and a question that I would definitely like to answer. Uh, I guess, uh, uh, I'm always split between the two things. Uh, when people ask me, you know, like what exactly is your passion and what exactly is your calling in life? And I am always split between, uh, I don't know whether I'm like, you know, whether it is Katha or whether it is English language. So yep. uh, that, that's almost goes hand in hand, I guess. Uh, I, I read a lot. Uh, I don't know whether I'm an avid reader or whatever it is, but I read a lot. Mm. And uh, for me, Uh, English language happened in the sense that when I was in the IT I really had this existential crisis I really was like you know I'm really stuck in a like a dead-end job Mm. and if I decide to do something about it this is the right time to do it after like eight long years I realized that okay this is the time to you know collect things collect my thoughts and decide once and for all what I want to do okay and Mm. Kathak Uh, immediately you cannot start off right because obviously you are uh, leaving your earning source so you right. need to have some some backup plan or plan mm. B or, or or an allied I would say rather okay. than calling it plan B an allied course so mm. I, I was always interested in the language I mm. then pursued my MA in English literature okay storytelling is something which is very very important I think as human beings this is one of our uh, most fascinating traits that okay. we tell story to yeah, stories to each other. And this is mm-hmm. how we learn also from each other. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Yes. So therefore, uh, uh, along with my, uh, like, you know, I was a, like a novice reader, I was just, I would just pick up any novel or whatever that comes, uh, came mm. my way. But I thought that it was also very important to have like some formal education so that I have mm. the right kind of vocabulary that right I kind of, uh, at least the approach, I would say to appreciate what I was uh, reading. Mm. So with, with that intention, I did my MA in English literature. Okay. And uh, one fine day, I just found myself answering to Uh, like a a call where they wanted me to teach some grammar. And before that, I had never taught grammar. I just showed up at the interview and I just started speaking the way I speak. And I just started talking about, I think it was pronouns. I was talking about pronouns for like, I don't know why I was talking about pronouns. And I just started talking about it. And uh, they, I think were pretty impressed. And they said that we definitely see uh, a teacher in you. And that is where I realize it's, I don't know whether it is Kathak or English language. It is definitely the teacher in me because I mm. like to teach. I love to be in front of my students. So okay. uh, whether it is a, a, a Kathak class or English language, I am yeah. almost always teaching. Sometimes, funnily, there, there is a crossover because in Kathak, I start teaching English language also. And in my mm. English classes, sometimes I'm performing. <laughs> so it can be a little disturbing for my students. <laughs> but jokes apart. Uh, I I guess first and foremost, because my mom is a teacher, my master is a teacher and I come from a family of teachers, actually. So I Mm. think I was always a teacher first. Okay. And that's how the whole Mm. English thing, the MA English literature and uh, the clubhouse thing, starting a book club and all of these things, uh, they just uh, happened one after the other.
0: Okay. So I guess the common elements are communication, storytelling and teaching in between English and this. Uh, for, yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, for me, it's like, uh, I think my two things, I don't do it outside work, but it's like, uh, I'm in the electric vehicle space. So I've been in that space since my Tech, because when I was in uh-huh. VIT, uh, we had the first electric car, like there were two of them in our competition from India at the time. And I've always uh-huh. been in that electric vehicle space. And that's kind of been in my interest. Uh-huh. And then Kachav, so uh-huh. it kind of works Perfect. out that way. And cool. uh, yeah. And uh, so that's the one thing. And uh, I guess I, I I think your students are blessed that they get to see Kathak and English at the same time, depending <laughs> on where they are. And English is very interesting as I guess, cause like I've noticed, um, especially in Kathak, it's like, if you have a better mastery of English, it's like another tool you have in the sense mm-hmm. of like marketing, presenting yourself first. I feel like a lot of you know, Kathakas, if they're very talented, but uh, they aren't able to communicate in English, that kind of closes them to some opportunities, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm but Uh that is kind of the world we live in. So that's definitely a good tool for them to have in terms of communicating their art, marketing it as well. Cause yeah, that's just part of the game, I guess. And since you talked about being uh, reading books and I feel like, so I guess I'm more of a nonfiction kind of guy. So I'm reading the four agreements right now. The the convenient thing is they have the four agreements written right here in the beginning. Uh-huh. So you can just like look at the four agreements and understand, like, these are the principles, and then go into it and understand why and stuff like that. I think I really enjoy nonfiction more. But mm-hmm. for you, uh, Nirza, when you talk comes to books, I guess, yeah, yeah and non Kathak. Yeah, I guess, Kathak-wise, what are the books you've enjoyed reading? So for me, i've kind of grown up in the us so my 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 knowledge i i've only read one book so one the, the book i've read is called a guru's journey that mm-hmm. is kind of like a not an a uh, like an autobiography no, account of pandit chitresh das ji as he came okay. to the us and till uh, t- till the, t- the 2015 when he passed away and his whole journey and it's like written in the form of a story like what happened in the 70s what happened when more south asian population started coming in. so that's the book i've read but tell me about you what are the kathak books you are interested in uh, so, uh,
1: unfortunately, apart from the textbooks and the theoretical books, I really have not dwelled into okay. reading much uh, uh, much books in the Tathag. And I'll tell you the reason also, okay. because in in my mind, I keep these two things absolutely separate. Mm. Obviously, they are complementary to each other because, you know, I, I uh, when it comes to reading also, I am at a place where, you know, uh, and I say this a lot of times nowadays yeah. that I, I am at a uh, place in my life in reading, in my reading life where yeah. how a story is narrated is much more important to me than what the story is. Uh, all right. Okay. So, i understood. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, basically I, I keep these two things absolutely, uh, okay. very, very, uh, uh, you know, compartmentalized and all of these things,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, coming to. Uh, the reading uh, aspect of it, of course, there are great many uh, authors who have written so many uh, things, mm-hmm. right? So you have Mazajit's book also, and you have uh, uh, Shovna Narayanji's books also, uh, okay. you know, uh, which is in English language and it was just like a like a small book, you know, uh, very elegantly written. Hmm. Uh, it, it encapsulates all the nitty gritties of Kathaka also in in a very concise, very precise, and so very, what's that very book elegant. called? Uh, I forgot the name of the book. It was here somewhere, uh, but I'll share the uh, book, sure. the name of the book with but you. Yeah. It is by uh, so Shonan Narayanji. Okay, I'll by, look it up. I, yes, so it's it's a wonderful book, and I was like, oh yes, this is this is kind of uh, book that will get anyone interested hmm. uh, in the in the field of Kathak, absolutely. Okay. It, it has beautiful pictures of all the yesteryear dancers and also some of the contemporary dancers. It's just very beautifully presented. It's a very small book as well, very mm. concise and precise. Okay. So for for a for a person who like just wants to even generally pick up, I would definitely you know recommend that book. Okay. Uh, and uh, coming to reading, then uh, once again, sky is the limit. I can go on and on yeah. and on talking okay. about books as well. I'm a okay. fiction. I basically fiction i read a lot of non-fiction as well but yeah. predominantly it is fiction and uh, there is a reason also why i read fiction so Go uh okay so whenever uh you know or even on clubhouse whenever people ask me uh, this particular question like you know and sometimes i receive well, some some flack also for reading oh. only fiction and non, non, non non-fiction uh, i i would say uh, i i wouldn't say that you know i read only fiction yeah uh, obviously i sh- read my share of non-fiction but i guess the two most important things uh in my life that gave me confidence uh yeah. of you know uh building my uh my worldview also so to say right, right. so one is definitely uh, uh, when i'm standing in front of my guruji yeah and second is the books that i've picked up right. so uh what it's also fashionable also a pramit nowadays to say this but i'll i'll okay. anyway say it uh what the word that resonates with me a lot mm-hmm. uh, is is empathy okay and i think uh, when i pick up a fiction book mm-hmm. i i look at the characters mm. and the decisions that they are making okay. and what level of empathy that they have and uh, that keep, keeps on reminding me my shortcomings as a human being you know like okay you, you you're all knowledge and everything is at one side but you really don't have uh, you know the guts to even take this particular empathetic decision, or you really don't have. Mm. Uh, uh, you have never exhibited that empathy. This is this is all about me, right? Right. So when I pick up those books, I really, really try to see the other point,
0: the mm. other side
1: of the the coin. Okay. And mostly in fiction, uh, I would also say uh, re- representation is something which is not very big with mm. me. Like I don't want to read about people who are like me. Okay. Who look like me. Uh You talk like me Uh, so basically I wouldn't pick up such books I would rather pick up books uh, or stories uh, uh, that are about people who are very very different than I am Mm. and still be able to relate to what they are going through okay so that's that's very very serious with me so Mm. I guess uh, that's that's one of the main reasons I uh, read books which is empathy
0: I see. So I guess on a similar note, do you have any tips for people who were reading before or, or, or can't can't for the life of them able to read more than one page at a time or building the reading habit, so to speak? Like, do you have any tips for people to get into reading if they wanted to, since you kind of have that experience of being All reading right. for a while? So-
1: Yes. So once again, you know, uh, I have really been lucky that I had such, uh, you know, interesting teachers mm. who kind of actually told me how to develop this love for reading or make it a, make it a habit to an mm. extent that, you know, it does not feel like an effort anymore. It comes very naturally to you.
2: Okay. So
1: in uh, uh, I remember in uh, 2003, mm-hmm. uh, one of my English language teachers, uh, yeah. they said to me, uh, that, you know, us if you want to develop a reading habit, um, yeah. you what you need to do is uh, just keep on postponing the time you sleep. And I was like, what do you mean by that? So so they were like, okay, so if let's say you sleep at 10.30, start sleeping at 11 o'clock. And from 10.30 to 11, just sit in front of a book. Oh. Even if you don't feel like reading, don't do anything. That's just yeah. sit. Just yeah. sit with the book for half an hour. Right, uh-huh. and probably something, some things might start changing for you eventually, mm. right? And I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. And you know, if you if you really think about it, uh, a lot of people who are pursuing their uh, uh, yet yeah, their journey in classical art forms as well, especially Indian classical art forms, they would almost always say the same thing about. Uh, Riyas and uh, trying to you know perfect your craft in the sense That's you true. have to be very very consistent about it like you said you start with 10 minutes then 20 minutes and 30 minutes. Yeah. I think reading is no exception and That's I true. actually did that. Hmm. I I I started postponing the the time because uh, so so because they said okay you are uh, you I was a student at that point of time so they said okay I understand you are a student and you don't get time because you are an engineering student you are into your final year there are so many assignments and all of these things hmm. but I guess you can squeeze in like fifteen minutes or twenty minutes for yourself isn't it it is your time
2: hmm. and
1: that is where it started uh, you know hitting me like oh this is my time this is for me I'm not doing it for Grades. I'm not doing it for achieving anything, but I'm just doing it for myself because I like to spend a lot of time with my, myself. And that mm. worked. Okay. So I started with 10 pages a day.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, ever since I think I've been reading,
0: I've never looked back. So, okay. What's interesting for me for that is like what I've been thinking of doing, and I have been like vastly unsuccessful is I want to charge my phone away from my bed. And uh-huh. um, because I did it for a while then I got this long extension cable and I I, I skirted my own rule but I realized if I charge my own phone outside and I replace I, what I might need is something to replace it with something instead of just emptiness so if I replace a phone with a book and I take the book to bed instead of my phone to bed that might kill two words with one stone so that's going to be fun to uh explore and I'll send yeah uh, I'll, I'll text you when I get there so the next that's time, a very
1: mi- Yeah, I just wanted to, that's a very millennial thing to say, although I am also a millennial, but (laughs) that Mm. is a typical millennial thing to say. Mm. One of the things I think is uh, also the attention time span that you were talking about. uh, And I think once you start reading or like whatever activity, Mm. for me, it's the other way around when i start reading i i don't even remember where my, where my phone is or whether it is getting charged or i'm getting oh. calls or not i i am not distracted that's yes. pretty cool <laughs> i am not distracted so because reading for me does that what probably phone or other things might do for you mm. so it's it's just just that that way
0: interesting okay <laughs> i have to think about that Huh. I, 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 that's really impressive. Then. So and then, know, I guess, wanted to get to uh, just segue into something else. Uh, let's. Uh, want so? to talk about being a male dancer. Uh, for me, it's All been. Right. Very, I would say I've, I've been very fortunate. I started at the age of twenty-seven, hmm. so I didn't have to go through school and things like that. to Kathak and I, I. did it because I just wanted to. Uh, I, I think that the only thing my mom had some concerns, but they were like lighthearted concerns. Nothing great. Uh, so I've been very fortunate because I started in the US it's for progressive. So people would just come tell me, Oh, you're a male dancer. So it's so great. I'm like, I don't know. So like, so that was like, for me, it's been like, okay, because I've also like been a student for two years. Right? what do I know? Like, uh, uh, yeah. So like I did my first showcase people clapped for me when they said it's a male and I was like, okay, great. Uh, so uh, that's been my experience it's been very light hearted and sometimes it's like weird like what's going on but I wanted to know for you like being a male dancer the highs and lows and things like that what's the experience been like for you Uh,
1: so uh, I guess after all uh, after spending a lot of time with myself mm. uh, in basically coming to terms with uh you know so I am someone who doesn't dwell uh, in the past much I, I really don't want to right yeah I, I did did mention that you know I have had my share of I, I received a lot of bullying when I was growing up as a as a, as a student right. or right and uh and and what did they also know what did my bullies also know right they were just being bullies and they did not know they did not do it very consciously right uh uh, but the other side of that is also uh, is it, it does leave uh, an indelible mark uh, on your psyche. It, it actually uh, in a negative way, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and over the period of time, over the last, I guess, 20, 25 years, I have come to a point where I have realized that, you know, whatever bullying or whatever uh, I received, it was never about me. It was always about them. Yeah. And I need to learn to let go. Mm. And the moment I realized uh, that the importance of letting go, I was absolutely at uh, uh, peace with myself and whatever I was doing. Mm. Obviously, uh, I had my family support. I had uh, friends who really, really admired me and really appreciated. uh, But it was a constant pressure. Yeah. And it was also... Uh, you know because you are a dancer you tend to talk in a particular way you tend to be a little graceful in your movements and all of these things Mm -hmm. and back back in the day uh, uh, I I guess uh, the society was not really ready for all of these things right so there was no like clear there wasn't like a clear demarcation of like what a boy should do and then what a girl should do Mm -hmm. what a what what a boy should behave how a boy should behave and how a girl should behave and Mm -hmm. I have come from that particular era Although right. incidentally, I have always had male Kathak Guru. So this shouldn't really have happened with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I found myself in society, away from my class,
2: yeah.
1: uh, th- there was this teasing and everything and yeah. all of these things. Uh, and, uh, but then uh, gradually I started realizing uh, and also kind of people uh, kept on asking me, kept on pushing me towards that particular thing. Like I said, and I'm repeating myself, yeah. I guess, uh, there was, there was a time when uh, people used I used to get more claps for being introduced as an engineer yeah. rather than being as a dancer hmm. to a place where now my being an engineer is very incidental oh hmm. he's an engineer as well because uh, so one of the uh, incidences which I really love to share with everyone is yeah. when I was per- uh, performing in uh, Kanyakumari yeah. and it cool. was a group of Teachers, uh, all hmm. all from different places, uh, somewhere from outside India as well, mm-hmm. and a little little elderly cloud, uh, okay. crowd, crowd. Uh, mm. right. And what happened was uh, after I had performed my uh, drupad, uh, the kind of a shape bandana uh, After that, there was like a pin drop silence. Okay, uh, they did not clap at all,
2: mm. and
1: oh. uh, I I was in two minds. I had, like, uh. did they not like it? Was it a like a complete flop? Like. Hmm. And I was really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. After the entire performance, one of the gentlemen, you know, he walked up to me and he said, you know what, Beta? Uh, We did not clap. And I I know that you're wondering about this particular fact that we did not clap is because we were so engrossed in the composition. We were so engrossed in whatever you were executing onto the stage uh, that we forgot to clap. And I think that was the greatest compliment that I received. So that Mm -hmm. time, it was only me and whatever my guruji has taught me his compositions and his choreography and uh, me uh, my my dance mm. and nothing else mattered to people nothing okay. else like whether i am an engineer or whatever so i guess uh, that has been uh, like a very interesting realization for me that okay this if, if you are if you are persistent if you do something consistently you level you achieve that level of competence uh, competence as well mm. uh, and on on the other side, I would also like to share that I was uh, having this discussion. Uh, that it's a very so in India, basically, it's a very uh, you know thin edge. You know, you are always walking on eggshells when you are a male hmm. performer and you're a male dancer. Because okay. uh, so so, what happens is when I'm on the stage, yeah, you know. I'm always expected to be very, very energetic. Okay. Every performance has to be very energetic. And I'm like, no, male dancers can also get tired, right? I mean, at some places I can be a little on the lower on the energy. So, so the, I had a question is, here. Yeah.
0: How yeah, does yeah. that expectation manifest? Like, how do you, how do you get that expectation? Do people tell you before getting to the performance as an organizer tell you? Does during, someone... during the performance,
1: especially oh. when it is a, when it is a duet with a, with your female yeah. counterpart. Yeah right and so there is this natural uh you know comparison that people start making oh so the female yeah. uh, partner would be a little on the graceful side the okay. male dancer would be on the energetic side and oh. would take a lot of chakras and all of these things and that is where you know that that pressure is always there
2: hmm.
1: whether it is from the audience or or maybe it's 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 in the mind of the dancer as well I, I don't know for sure but that pressure is constantly there i see uh, However, it's, it's changing. Thankfully, in the last six years, uh, mm-hmm. it, all of this is changing because if you look at, uh, for example, if you look uh, at uh, Swati Didi performing or yeah. Dhirendra Bhaiya also performing, you just can't make out the difference between the two because that, that border between being a male dancer or a female dancer, I think ends there. I and they are... Equally graceful and equally, uh, you know, energetic on the stage. So I, I think hmm. uh, uh, it, it has been a le- been a learning journey for me. Okay. Uh, so, but having said that, Pramit, I would also like to call out uh, my privileges as a male dancer. I huh? have been able to get away with a lot of things, which I think female dancers they face constantly. Right. So one of the privileges is that I could continue after making a comeback. I could continue. F- Pretty seamlessly uh, with my Kathak career, mm. and I think that option is not available with a lot of female dancers because so that, you know at some point of time they they, they do decide to uh, become uh, you know parents they do decide mm. to you know and their body change bodies change and all of these right. things and plus the whole uh, the makeup thing the amount of time that it takes for a female mm. dancer to you know wear makeup whereas for male dancers at at least for me you just have to have a tilak and yeah. like something and just you're just ready for performance. Yeah. So yes, uh, uh, having, uh, you know, spoken about the the ne- negative side of it, I think I should also call out uh, the privileges that I have had being mm-hmm. a male and being a male dancer as well. So I could get away with a lot of, uh, because I was always in the minority, right? right. So, I always could get away with uh, a lot of things. So, let's say I did not practice a particular yeah. thing, my teacher would be like, ah, oh, it's okay. He's a boy, he's probably busy, and so on and so forth so it comes with yeah. a lot of privilege as well so yeah
0: <laughs> for sure right like one one thing was like uh, uh, like in my in my first showcase they put me in the center of the choreography because it's symmetrical or something it kind of makes sense logically and you think about it if the genders were reversed maybe the woman would be in the center yes, it also makes you yes. think like should do I need should I be in the center but then I had a very interesting discussion with Rupanchi that in a group choreography the center should not be the most important part you should Uh think of it as a design of the choreography and you shouldn't be like the side dancers are not as important as the main dancer so i've been thinking a lot about that and i just Uh want to touch a little bit about the bullying thing if you're comfortable because like Mm -hmm. what i feel right now is for Mm -hmm. kids uh Mm -hmm. until you tell them to physically back uh, like unless you tell them to back them off i don't think the teachers can take care of it until your peers respect you the bullying doesn't stop for me that's what i i feel but and especially after taking martial arts, I feel like you need to be able to. You don't have to like fight them and punch them. If it comes to it, you should be able to defend yourself. But you should be able to verbally de escalate and like look at them in the eye, be assertive, and say stop. Or do you want this to? Where do you want to take this? Or you know just tell them to stop right there, and say that you won't take their stuff. But Nira, now that you have that experience, you know you've kind of been through that. If like a child, if like a sm- like a say a fourth 5 standard kid who's learning for you, maybe or like someone who just looks up to you and says, hey, this is happening to me, Nira. How should I handle it? What would you tell them? Uh, so
1: basically i would encourage so nowadays i think it is very important to have conversation and therefore uh, you know my talk series also has the name conversation matters, matters. and it, it matters uh, that you understand uh, how you are talking to the kid especially yeah. when you're talking to a child mm-hmm. and uh, try to understand from them that where they are uh, where they are comfortable, where they are not comfortable, try to make them understand, and also give them vocabulary. In let's say they want to de escalate a matter, you know, right. verbally, like you said. Obviously, you cannot encourage them to go and fight and give a rebuttal or come with come up with a rejoinder or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's very important. Uh, I feel personally responsible when I see uh, like. Uh, a person who is a, a, in my situation or probably is going to face the exact same thing that probably I face or a similar thing, not the exact same thing. Right. I would, I would want to say to that child that, you know, it doesn't matter because like I said, it's, it's basically not about you. It is about them. The mm-hmm. only thing that they are reacting to is because for them, you are a little different. Mm. because none of them is pursuing this and you are in a like, like you're doing something different and you are doing something which is unique. So a, first of all, you need to be, uh, you need to first make it normal in your head Mm -hmm. uh, that you, whatever you're doing is I I, how I wish, uh, you know, I had this kind of talk when I was going through all of these things, because uh, at that point of time, yes, obviously parents and my siblings and everything was there, but there was also this, shell that I had gone into because I felt uh, a lot of shame in discussing all of these things like why am I different why I do do I look like this and yeah why do I have to talk in a a certain way so on and so forth and how I wish we had an open culture back then as well where Mm. uh, you could you could talk to even to your parents right it's okay what you are doing is absolutely okay and it's Mm. not a girl or a boy thing it's just a thing and uh, thankfully now you look at uh, you know a lot of uh, women who are you know bringing laurels to the country uh, mm. in 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 field of sports and everything and then you on, and then you have uh, you know uh, male uh, male dancers who are uh, again doing the same thing uh, mm. and i think it's it's thankfully in the last I guess it was in the last six or seven years only that I've seen, seen this quantum shift.
2: Mm. uh, So to say
1: it could have, uh, uh, you know, social media could be responsible for all of these things because the lines are blurring between the East and the West and we all can communicate with each other very uh, seamlessly now. Mm. And those progressive uh, thoughts have started seeping into the culture as well. So I, I, I think it's it's a very good good time for anyone to pursue anything they want to and just be whatever you are.
0: Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, great note on like being whatever you are. And I don't know if there's a good answer to this. So we might skip this if uh-huh. There's not, Nirazhav. But since uh-huh. you're kind of based out of Maharashtra, Pune, were there any key, like in terms of Kathak, were there any key pivotal moments that kind of caused that cultural shift for male dancers or like... Cosmo progressive ideas are there any incidents that come to your mind like people who brought that shift around when it comes to kathak specifically or any performances uh, or any events
1: so so i i would rather say that for me personally when yeah. i uh, first uh, uh, saw uh, my guruji performing onto the stage and how respectful everyone in the audience was for mm. this performance that right. that for me gave me that confidence and uh, much needed, uh, you know, validation also that, okay, this is something I can look forward to, I can emulate and uh, still have that dignified presence in front of everyone without having absolutely an, any any amount of shame. Mm. And I would say that especially when you come to Pune also, yeah. a rich cu- cultural hub, right? Yeah. People are uh, not just well educated, they are very, very aware of what they are witnessing. It's a It's a very informed and initiated audience. Mm. And uh, they are full of praise, basically, after I've always had a very marvelous interaction with uh, Pune after my performances, Uh, they Mm. would walk up to me, irrespective of whether they are uh, like old or young or whatever, and then they would just start talking about it very, very passionately, uh, without Mm. all of these things. So I I guess it it is also very important. uh, from from cultural perspective, but you also need to have some tangible target in front of you. Some people who mm-hmm. actually are living that particular uh, thing. Right. Uh, to my mind, all of these uh, great uh, Great dancers from Pune also, uh, because uh, when I when I listen to uh, gurus from uh, Pune also, I have never seen them differentiating between a male dancer and a female dancer, even mm. they themselves are female dancers, right. and I find that very encouraging, very reaffirming, and that's mm. that's really very fascinating. So I would rather give that credit to all of these uh, female Kathak dancers as well, that okay. they they are encouraging. Uh, boys also to, you know, Hmm. uh, take up Kathak dance from a very, very Hmm. uh, young age. So
0: understood. Okay. So yeah, I guess a lot of people have a hand in that. Another thing I wanted to ask is because I lived in Pune class four to six. So it's been a while and Uh I I go back every now and then and maybe my concept of size is a little distorted, but you know, Pune is kind of smaller than say Mumbai. So it's like a a smaller, but still a city. Mm -hmm. Uh, what uh-huh. I've, what I've, since I've been interviewing a lot of people from Pune as well and there's uh-huh. like Kathak in Maharashtra is a separate thing altogether but Kathak uh-huh. in Pune itself is such a vibrant scene what I wanted yes. to understand here is like how do so many Kathak academies like gurus their guru students you and how do all these tri- thrive and all of these people have students is that like just a question of like maybe Pune is bigger than I imagine or there's so many students or there's such a demand for it how does all how do all these academies and students and gurus thrive with each other in Pune itself I'm very curious about that.
1: Yeah. So one of the things I really wanted to, uh, you know, I really want to take this opportunity and say that okay. I think, especially in Pune, I think people, so I, I, I believe in this philosophy of collaboration over competition. Hmm. And I think people in Pune, especially in the Kathak industry, yeah, uh, in the Kathak field, actually they live this. They just don't say it, they live it. So it's hmm. collaboration rather than competition. So I remember very distinctly, I was uh, uh, in Mumbai for some auditions for right. for some channel channel I believe okay. and uh, and uh, all the dancers uh, in the in the green room right so so there were a couple of uh, dancers from Pune as well yeah and they were they were very helpful so we were meeting yeah. for the very first time but they could they could see that you know I probably uh, my soundtrack might not be in place or I may not be carrying uh, my laptop or some oh. people forgot their forgot their you know uh, certificates or all of those things so. Oh, that's and remember this was like an audition for uh, for for something where you would oh. be graded and everything it was a it was a direct competition but i guess i guess uh, people in pune are uh, are looking forward uh, to collaborating with each other rather than mm. you know just competing with each other and that's such such a welcome thing that's such a welcome change that you don't feel uh, that you are in competition with your peers so mm. i don't think so it's much to do with the size or the demand or whatever it is okay. yes when you talk about the demand, uh, when people see, uh, let's say, for example, uh, Shambhavi Didi yeah. or they see, see other people also, uh, they see that how passionate they are uh, in, their, in their art forms and how true they are and how sincere they are yeah. and how quickly uh, uh, they would say, you know, whatever the right thing is without sugarcoating it. And I think uh, hmm. that has been one of the reasons why people, especially the younger generations, uh, have gravitated towards and also, uh, you know, it's very important for people to also know that I can make a career out of it.
2: Mm. All right. So
1: from a from a male male dancer's perspective, probably, uh, you know, uh, a lot of parents may not send their young children to you, uh, especially girls, because you yeah. know they might feel a little uncomfortable. So maybe performance and uh, you know other things are uh, probably the thing that you would do. Right. Uh, but from from female dancers' perspective, I think uh, it is also the reach. Uh, parents feel very comfortable with them and uh, therefore Mm. they do they they get the maximum out of it so I think it's a mix of all of these things but over and above I would say it is the atmosphere of
0: collaboration I see collaboration and I I guess yeah I mean it's good to see that because when I was in Pune, you kind of, I, I wasn't doing, I didn't even know about Kathak in Pune, right? So I have class four, five, six, but yes, Pune does have that vibe and I i am glad to see it still has that vibe, you know, even, even in like all the call, all, when I was in call, when I went to like a Pugmark strip, it felt like everyone knew each other, even if they didn't know each other, I don't know how that happened. Like there were lots of mutual friends and connections or every time I meet someone from Pune, they always know someone else from Pune somehow. It just kind of how it works. Everything okay? that? Uh, uh,
1: could you repeat? I, I was not able to
0: hear. Okay. Yeah. So what, what I was saying is like, um like I lived in class four, five, six to Pune. So yeah, Pune, I, I feel like it's like part of being in Pune, like having that general friendliness and everyone knowing each other and helping each other out. And um, so the next thing I wanted to ask you, Nirazda, I guess since we have about 20 minutes left-ish. Uh, so wanted to talk about like the performer side of you. So you mentioned your Kanyakumari performance where people were enraptured and in silence. Uh, would that be your most memorable performance or is that something else? Like what is your most memorable performance if you had an anecdote to share from that or another anecdote from another performance? Totally up to you.
1: So uh, yeah, so uh, Kanyakumari's performance definitely really stands out because that was mm-hmm. that was the first time i did not get the expected reaction from the audiences and i did not even understand the reason why i was not getting uh, uh, that particular kind of reaction right. one of the other uh, performances was also uh, when we entered into the realm of uh, fusion mm-hmm. uh, right mm-hmm. and uh, it was actually a fusion and not confusion like my <laughs> guruji always says mm-hmm. so it was a fusion with uh, the drum artists right uh, and uh, So they played the rhythmic patterns and we tried to choreograph it. And uh, what had happened at that particular point of time was... Uh, that was one of the first times. So this was, this is almost 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah. This was one of the first times that I got another project because of the first project. So whatever I was performing onto the stage, okay, somebody was there in the audience. They actually thought of approaching us. And then yeah. they said that, you know, oh, this is such a marvelous production. Uh, would you like to, you know, do it for us? So that was one of my very first uh, memories that I got the next gig mm-hmm. uh, because of this particular gig. So yes, that yeah. really, really stands out. And, uh, there have been many flop performances also, uh, uh, which, which probably taught me a lot of things. So Neesa, when you say not...
0: flop, is it like you didn't like your performance or is it like you felt the, the audience didn't like it either? Like when you say flop, what is it for you?
1: So I would say, uh, I did not like, I, I never liked my performances. I never look at the video clippings. I, I, I think that, you know, I okay. have, I, I don't know what I was doing onto the stage, but, uh, uh-huh. yes, uh uh a flop in the sense that you know when you put your heart and soul into it uh but probably you realize that okay maybe this was not the right time to do it because you did not have that uh that that maturity to okay. execute that particular thing so yes there has been uh you know there have been cases like this okay. uh and uh which 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 once again is a learning experience and i'm sure Uh, you will also have these experiences once you get uh, more into the field of Kathak. But having said that, yes, there have been a lot of uh, memorable performances. Uh, One was when I performed uh, for my school reunion. Uh, Hmm. So this was not a professional performance. This was just for my my, my friends from school and we were meeting almost around after 10 years. And it was also thrilling in the sense because I was now presenting myself as an artist and not just as somebody who used to dance. uh, And so were you in
0: touch this whole 10 years or they didn't know about you? And this was like, no, no.
1: So, so we did keep in touch with each other, not directly, but through Facebook and all of these things. Okay, but okay. when the when the Facebook thing happened, uh, and when I met my my friends, it was it was a reunion. Union, you know, achha, in the sense achha. that they were very pleasantly surprised. They were like, "Oh, you are still pursuing Kathak, you are still doing it," and we we you know so envy you. So you know, the language has also uh, also changed, right? Oh, you from know, the same language. They're the same people now they they admire me for they're like you know doing and now i get calls from my my friends like would you teach our you know our, our children so on and mm-hmm. so forth so I, cool. I guess it's it's a little pat on the back i would say but i'm mm-hmm. I, i'm very happy with that as well yeah
0: that's amazing that must, that must have been amazing like your same friends who said something else now they want not be able to join so that's like ultimate compliment and you' the one thing i haven't asked in a long time in the show is like so, like, when it comes to conventional careers, like, say, a lawyer, doctor, engineer, you know that I guess, like, I feel, like, you can be a mediocre engineer and still make bank and still have a good living. But I guess for me, I I've always, and maybe I'm wrong, so correct me on this. I feel like for to be uh to make a full time career dancer, you have to be cream of the crop. You have to be really good. Uh, what I'm curious about is if you're just competent, if you're just like. You can kind of keep a rhythm. You can kind of do everything or like you're just competing, but you're not like above average. You're not the best or you're not like the 1% of dancers. Can you still make a career out of it? What do you think?
1: Yeah. So I think it's uh, a, it's very subjective. Mm. right? Like what do you call the best, right? So the best for you, maybe not, may not be the best for me and the other way around as well. So A, it's very, very subjective, Mm -hmm. right? Can uh, anyone make a career in Kathak? The answer is both yes and no. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so basically sometimes what happens is some, some people are very naturally talented, right? So they, they have the flair for the rhythm. They have have the flair for the lay and the tal and everything, right? But on the other hand, hard work is also equally important. I, I would say hard work is more important. And okay. I've seen case, uh, cases where hard work will definitely go and trump talent. Right? Uh, so So having said that, I would say uh, that so so I always consider myself a non-dancer. Like I don't have a natural dancer's uh, uh, body language, so okay. I had to learn everything. Even though uh, you know uh, I I started dancing quite early in my life, so I've hmm? always considered to myself to be like a very very non-technical, non-dancer kind of a person who has to you know learn and relearn so many so many things. Hmm. Um, Rahibat, whether you need to be at the top of your game, I don't think so. Uh, it is necessary. You just need to be uh, true to whatever your gurus have taught you. Okay. I mean, really, really true to what your gurus have taught you. Okay. So if let's say uh, they see that, you know, one particular rendition of uh, like a line of a tumri or a bhajan yeah. uh, that you need, to, uh, months, yeah. you need to master it for six long months, then you need to master it for six long months. Obviously, patience and everything is running out. So, yeah. uh, but I think that there is, there is value in that. Hmm. There is a, there is a lot of merit in that because the moment you are persistent in a particular field for, let's say 20, 25 years,
2: yeah.
1: I think you're already at the top of your game.
2: Hmm. Right? Of your game. Okay, it,
1: yes. Yeah. Whether it is, whether it manifests itself as being a very popular dancer hmm. or whether uh, you don't get that, that, that share of popularity or whatever it is. Right. Okay. Of course, Pramit, to be very candid, I sometimes do get frustrated that, you know, oh, I, uh, probably I have invested so much of my time and energy into becoming a uh, Kathak dancer, but I did not get any return. So like, was it worth it? Yeah. Right. But in the hindsight, I think, yes, uh, it, it is completely worth it. As a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, I had this existential crisis. I was like, and yeah, I'm done with once again. I'm like, after uh, doing so many things, I was like, I'm done with Kathak. Yeah. Maybe I'll go back to IT. Maybe I'll go back to, uh, uh, you know, English career or take up English full time and all of these things. Yeah. But once again, my 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 uh, seniors and my mentors told me that, you know, Kathak is not to be blamed. Okay. Why are you placing blame on Kathak? Yeah. You are to be blamed. Okay. There is there is some shortcoming in you. So mm. sit with yourself and try to understand, did, did you shy away from doing hard work? Were you not sincere? And all of those cliched things. Right? And it might sound like very cliched answer to give. But it works. Uh, but I think there is... Yeah. But I think uh, if you are... And one, one more thing, uh, I was actually uh, interacting with one of my favorite authors okay. uh, and uh, she is from uh, uh, the UK mm. and uh, uh, so uh, she was on Instagram live and uh, she was just taking these uh, questions from people and one of the questions that I asked very foolishly was like, uh, do you think uh, that uh, uh, for being a writer, you should write every day? Mm. And her answer was really, really very, very honest and very candid. She said that it is just like practicing any other craft. It is, it is an art. So if you do it on a daily basis, you will definitely get good at it. Right. So imagine a person sitting in London, writing contemporary novels and Mm -hmm. a person sitting in Delhi and teaching Kathak uh, for the last so many years, and they are saying the same things. And I think it makes a lot of sense, Mm. whether you say it this way or that way. Right it is the constant deliberate practice persistence and keeping yourself motivated throughout uh, so i think if you mm-hmm. can do that for a like a very long period of time i don't know uh, what number to put on it yeah you will be at the top of your game at least if yeah. not with anyone else so Okay. Uh, I hope that answers your
0: question of being at the top. That does actually. Yeah. Because like for me, uh, I always, I guess the way I think about it, I've been thinking about it is like if you get into a medical engineering college, you will have a career in it. It's like done. Like you might be miserable. You might be that, but you will make a living out of it. End of the day. What I've always been curious about is in Kathak, do you need to evaluate yourself and say that am I a certain caliber before getting into it or can you, can you, you get into it and then kind of figure that out? So that's something I've been very curious about and that really helps answer that. I think, uh, from what I understand, uh, it's always, it's worth trying and seeing where you get and you can like quit your job and do it duh, and like kind of manage your finances, manage your expectations and see where you get to. Yes. Know, As a for, matter of fact, yeah? uh,
1: I, I am just reminded of, uh, you know, one of the things, uh, That my favorite author of all time, uh, uh, I'm I'm reading uh, uh, an autobiography, actually, of Agatha Christie. And uh, one of the things she said, so she also uh, has had some musical career uh, Mm -hmm. before she became a writer. And she she said that, uh, you know, one of the most heartbreaking things in life is uh, to to basically realize uh, that no matter how passionate you are about a particular thing, at best, you are second rate at it. So I think that is also very important, right? So that's that's such a practical advice, isn't it? So yeah. you might be very, very passionate about it. You might give your heart and soul into it. But if you are at best the second rate in that particular profession, yeah. maybe it's time for you to, you know, uh re-evaluate a lot of things. Yeah. Right. It's a very practical advice, right? I guess, so yes. no so 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 basically if you are if you are pursuing kathak for 20 years and still yeah. you did not Get where you are. Yeah. Probably it is time for you to accept that. Oh, okay. Maybe I am at at the best second rate in the profession, which is fine. Okay. Which is absolutely fine. Hmm. You can be a mediocre engineer, right? You can be like a yeah lukewarm engineer also. So and have a house and a car stuff? and
0: like provide for your family and right. whatever and get go on vacations right. and stuff. You can. Yeah. yeah. And here's one more thing I want to ask you because like this came up as I was reading your bio and seeing your pictures. I really like how you do your costumes. Like the co- colors you use, the shine you use. Uh, and uh, this is something I'm very curious about because I know nothing about costumes. So uh, when you design your own costumes, like what is your process like in terms of choosing, uh, choosing what to wear, what fabrics uh, and that process and like fitting it for your choreography is from the concept to the end. I would just like to know how your brain works for costumes.
1: Uh, so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes to be honest, it is, it is very incidental. Uh-huh. Sometimes we don't have... Uh, We have never thought about the costume and all of these things, but Mm. on that particular day, it just works for us because we have really not really thought about it, especially when it is just a technical presentation, you know, Mm. like you just have to present the paksha or so on and so forth. But when you are doing something very conceptual, so like uh, I did in uh, Nagpur with my own production, which is called as Prayas and uh, we really wanted to portray some some theme in that particular uh, okay. performance, and we we try to uh, color coordinate our costumes as well. So right. sometimes, yes, it makes a lot of sense uh, to think about all of these things and. Uh, coordinate your color costume but sometimes incidentally also so for example I was performing uh, so I was called as uh, like a guest artist and I was also supposed to do apart from my solo I was supposed to do a duet Mm. and it just so happened that you know uh, my duet partner the one who had actually called me and I we ended up actually wearing exactly the same color combination it was completely incidental Okay. Right? And then we went on to the stage. People were like, you know, oh, everything of, uh, about the choreography, right from the costume to the to the jewelry and everything was so perfect. And <laughs> you know, like okay. we did not decide it so yeah sometimes that also happens it is sometimes coincidental yes okay. of course if you are doing something thematically let's say you pick up uh, lord krishna so and you pick up one aspect of lord krishna's life uh, probably you would you might want to do a little more research okay and you might more, uh, want to uh, give hmm. it a lot of thought uh, okay. but to be honest i have not done many such productions i have done okay. mostly you know like technical and all of those productions more okay. and solo
0: performances more so Okay. Whatever
1: works for that day, probably this is the candid uh,
0: answer. It's interesting because the reason I asked you is every now and then, like doesn't happen to me a lot. I can figure uh, I notice a common theme in a Kasaka's costume, and that's when I asked them this question. For you, I've noticed you like some bold colors, you like them to be shine. I, I noticed you put the you you like the you like the dupatta like have a stylized element. So I can definitely see some commonalities between the pictures you showed me and the bio. Like they all seem to have a common theme and come from the same like thinking so that way I've seen other Kathakas do it. I'm like, okay, and this is how they do costumes and you can see common elements. I, I always find that interesting. And, uh, Neerza, coming to my final question. Like, uh, we've talked about a lot of these things. So I guess for you, how do you feel about your future, your students, future of Nithram Kathak, where do you see all this going? Bleak. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's fine too.
1: <laughs> no uh so no before i come back to the the question actually when you said that you know you found a common theme in, uh, yeah. in the whatever costumes that i have yeah. so once again obviously what one does is try to emulate whatever your gurus do okay. right so i usually try to follow uh, that particular uh, pattern right okay. however uh, what is very important also is uh when guruji says that you know when you're learning under me you are you are learning kathak, right? Mm. We are learning kathak, right? But, right. Uh, his body structure and uh, the, the size of the kuta that he is going to wear and the yeah. size of kuta that I am going to wear will be very different,
2: right?
1: Okay. So I, I think this is also very important that where where is emulation? Where is the thin line between actually completely copying a person mm. and imitating them? I think there is okay. a lot of difference between these two things, right? And mm. I like to present myself uh, in the in the similar vein, right? Mm. Not trying to lose my individuality also, okay. but also, uh, when, when people look at it, when people look at the choice of the color and the color costume, uh, they, they, they know, okay, he's coming from this particular lineage or Ooh. whatever you want to call it. So that is very subconscious also. I wouldn't say it's hmm. a very conscious decision because okay. it's very subconscious because you like that thing, whatever you, you start coveting also that, that, that thing, because you're seeing it very constantly, hmm. you know, that it is getting appreciated and then you just follow in the footsteps. steps. So, okay. uh, I, I really wanted to call that out as well. Mm. Uh, and coming back to the the, the question, ideally speaking, I uh, always wanted to have one stop shop, a place where uh, you know you can get everything Kathak. Right. So whether mm. it is uh, sound designing, whether it is light designing, whether it is choreography, whether it is learning tabla or the harmonium or whatever it is, so that's that's a dream. Place obviously, Kathak obviously will come, but that's a like a one place where it's professionally run and all a lot of people Um, are doing it also. Yeah, but personally speaking, this is is what I would like to work uh, towards. Whether it takes next 20 years, 30 years, I don't know. Yeah, Uh, but that certainly is the vision.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, immediately it would be, uh, I would say, uh, being able to experiment more, uh, being able to. Uh, express myself, uh, whatever my beliefs, whatever my uh, political beliefs or whatever uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I have had so far, trying to bring those things also into Kathak narrative as well. And so, yes, I I guess let's see
0: how, how it goes from here. Perfect as you're thinking of building it out i'm requesting that you put a podcast studio as well for conversation matters and the kazakh and english so but uh, what uh, what you said reminds me of when you said you're going to build out your own thing that i think rupanchi said it best in the sense he says people can do it better than you people can do it worse than you but no one will be able to do it the way you do uh, exactly so, yeah, with that, Niraza, I'm going to want to bring this show to a close. I think it's been very interesting talking to you about a lot of things. Uh, the the Kumari one really stands out to me as an example of things that I'll remember. And like you talking about your experiences and like the what you said about making Kathak a career, like it's not as out of reach as people would imagine, but you have to be realistic about it as well. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Pramit. It was yeah. wonderful talking to you. And you're doing a great job with your podcast. So all the very best.
0: Thank you.